This episode of Little Bit of Life podcast is sponsored by D-Best Feminine Products. They help women with sensitive skin to maintain excellent feminine hygiene by offering organic, all-natural feminine products. Let me tell you, this is something that changed my life. And this isn't something that I learned or talked about with my family when I was growing up. And definitely, this is not discussed of what toxins and chemicals are in our feminine products when we're going to that all-time favorite appointment with our GYN doctors. This is just not something that's talked about until I tried D-Best Feminine Products. Everything and all of my products that I thought were helping me went right out the window. I am absolutely in love with and obsessed with their Lavender Feminine Wash. It is a foam and the packaging is discreet so you don't have to worry when you have guests come over or even when you pack it on the go for travel and I also am in love with their delicate yoni gel I never have to worry about any of their products for toxins for chemicals and we're talking about that down there care what are all the products look like in your self-care routine are they safe for you do they have chemicals do they have toxins are they dealing with your ph balance this goes into a whole other conversation which is perfect for today's episode make sure you follow on their instagram at dbest feminine products and you can order today on their website at dbestfeminineproducts.com they have everything from feminine washes body oils yoni bars and much more I am in love with their products. It is so great with no chemicals, no toxins, organic, and it's great for all ages. Again, make sure you order today at dbestfeminineproducts.com. Welcome to Little Bit of Life Podcast. I'm your host, Tabitha, better known as Little on social media. A lot of you may know me from social media, but Little is shown off the apps. This podcast is dedicated to having the real, raw, and occasional chats on topics of what we seem to think but don't say. Special guests will join in that have impacted me along the way. Very little is left off limits. Enjoy on your favorite streaming platform, watch live videos of interviews on YouTube, and let's dive into some topics together. Hey ladies, welcome into another episode of Little Bit of Life Podcast with your host Little. Today is an episode for the ladies, for the women, but men can listen and definitely start to learn about women's cycles and everything and anything in between when it comes to all of us women. Ladies, when you're listening to this very special episode, do you know your body? Do you know when you ovulate? How about your menstrual cycle? You may think it's only those days that you feel bloated, that you feel tired, you have no energy, and those days that, guess what? Yes, we bleed. But guess what? There's a lot more to that. And maybe it's for that age bracket of women that are listening that you're in that stage of menopause. You may be confused, irritated with your body, and we even talk about fertility and infertility and that dreaded hormonal birth control. How long do you stay on it? When do you come off of it? Is it going to really affect your body? And yes, we even dive into that topic of the Plan B contraceptive pill. When I say we're talking about all topics, women, nothing is off limits. I'm super excited to have on the guest today. Her name is Heather, and she's also the host of her own podcast called Be Vividus, where she talks about all of the topics, women-related, that seem to be taboo. Let's dive in. Ladies, sit back, listen, and let's start really, truly learning about our bodies. I guarantee you, you don't know it as well as you think you do. Hey guys, welcome into another episode, a little bit of Life Podcast with your host, Little. I have an amazing guest on with me today. Her name is Heather and she has her own podcast, which is really exciting. And I'm so excited to talk about the topics that she is coming on to speak with us about today. I'm asking all those listeners, women, 
How well do you know your body? And if your immediate answer to this question is, I know my body, you just wait until the end of this episode when we ask that same question, because I guarantee you what you think you know, throw it out the window. Heather, welcome on. How are you doing today? It's good to see you. I'm doing well, Tabitha. Tabitha, thank you so much for having me on your show today. I'm really excited to be here. So it's amazing. It's always interesting, you know, in the podcast community, when you go on as a host on a podcast, it it almost feels strange. Like, am I the one that asked the questions? Do they ask the questions? I had that event last night. So tell us a little bit about your podcast before we dive into all these amazing topics. My podcast is all about those taboo topics, about the menstrual cycle, about pregnancy, about your sexual health, Uh, all those questions that nobody really wants to talk about. And those conversations that are kind of closed behind doors, I break open those doors. And I am very open and honest about all of those topics. It's amazing. I feel like we as females and as women, it's almost generational. It's passed down. What our grandparents talk to our parents about is what then our mothers in return talk to us and teach us. But times are changing. And especially with everything that is coming at us on a daily basis of, you know, try this product with this many chemicals in it. Our life right now in our era is shifting in such a massive way. So it's really important for women, especially on this episode, to take a listen. So let's go ahead and dive in. I want to talk about menstrual cycles. And when we even say that word, I know so many people are going to cringe, but this is that one dreaded time of month that, you know what, we just can't stand. It's there for a reason, but let's dive into that topic. So you and I kind of discussed this a little bit. But um, I think the main thing is so many women don't understand their cycle. And I mean, I'll be honest, I probably won't understand my cycle after this episode. It it is very common. Honestly, I did not understand my cycle until about a year or so ago. Uh, I was one that I started menstruating early. I was 10 and I'm now in my mid 40s and I hated it. I hated having it every month. I hated those cramps. I hated the heavy bleeding. I hated the clots. I hated feeling like I had an outer body experience because the person that was being projected was not me. I was mean. And I actually learned how to become me and find out what was actually going on. And I decreased those issues that I was having. And I actually enjoy my period right now which is completely unbelievable to me because a year ago I wanted a hysterectomy. I was cheering <laughs> on to have a hysterectomy. I wanted it gone. I wanted the yeah. periods to be gone. I wanted all of it to be gone. And now I actually enjoy my periods, which is, I know, extremely very off the wall for most mm-hmm. of us because I was, I yeah. was right there. <laughs> I feel like mine is just like, okay, I'm not pregnant. I don't have anything to worry about. My body's working as I'm supposed to. This is just kind of like my signal that everything is okay to keep going. And I think a lot of women nowadays that are going through that, it's, I mean, the emotional roller coaster of, you know, you could see a commercial and start crying or the opposite. I mean, mine is I get very irritable. I get very angry. I'm very short. And I know I'm doing this, but it's something where I don't like using the excuse of, oh, well, it's my time of the month because I feel like, you know, I need to get it together. But that's why we have you on today because I'm like, okay, how do I get it together? So for those that are listening, what do we need to know that we probably don't about our menstrual cycle? It is is a cycle. I know we understand that it is a cycle. However, there's energies and ways to support our bodies throughout our entire cycle. When we're menstruating, we are at our lowest energy point. We don't want to do anything. We want to be in our most comfortable clothing that we can. We want to be sitting on the sofa 
eating those fatty, nourishing foods that we know we shouldn't be having. And <laughs> as we end the bleeding part, we're actually going into a cycle called this phase called follicular, which is where our hormones start increasing. Estrogen starts to increase, the luteinizing hormone starts to increase, the follicular stimulating hormone starts to increase. And I know this is getting really scientific-y, but um, what happens is we start gaining energy in that follicular phase and we hit our ovulatory phase, which is our big main event. Our body needs to ovulate in order to help with brain health and bone health and everything else. And once we hit that ovulatory phase, uh, as I explained to you before when we were talking, the ovulatory phase, I call it Beyonce on steroids. We are gorgeous. <laughs> we are thin. We are glowing. We're just out there. We're articulate. And then we start noticing our energy is waning. I mean, in that ovulatory phase and in the follicular phase, that's when we're doing those HIIT exercise workouts and we are killing it. We're going at a stage above. We're lifting higher weights than what we're used to and we're hitting those goals. And then we start getting into that luteal phase, which is the second half of the cycle. And that's when our energy starts to lower. We notice we can't really do those exercises anymore. We're struggling to get those exercises done. And we go into that low energy phase down into the menstrual phase again, where we don't want to do anything again. So it's just understanding where we are in our cycle and when to do different things that will definitely help us support our bodies more. Um, foods that we eat, things that we like to do all full, fall within that cycle. I did a poll when I was talking about on my social media, and I did it on the podcast Facebook, but I also did it on my Instagram. And I asked women two separate questions. One, do you know when you ovulate? And the reaction was so interesting because I had yes, no, maybe, and then a type box. So many people typed and said, well, if I use an app, no, no. Do you know when you ovulate without technology that is broad and made for, you know, everybody because like everyone is different? The other question I asked was, is your cycle for a full month, 30 days, or is your cycle for three to five, five to seven, seven to 10? And every person was like, no, I basically just have a cycle once, you know, once a month and it lasts for a couple days and I'm done. So it's interesting to hear you say, like, this is a full, it's called a menstrual cycle for a reason. There's a lot of different components that, as women, we don't know about. I mean, I was not taught that at all. Even in sex ed, which I probably didn't listen very well because I just thought it was entertaining and funny. And now they don't even teach that anymore in schools. So can you give us a little bit of, a, you know, I know you talked about each kind of phase. So for women, can you answer that big question? When are women supposed to be ovulating and not with an app? <laughs> yes, apps are guesstimates. It, it, they are based on a 28 average day cycle. And I, I've come across clients that use the apps and are like, I'm ovulating and they can't, they can't figure out why they can't get pregnant. And then we actually start paper tracking and tracking with the signals from our body. And within a month or two, they're pregnant and they wonder why weren't they weren't pregnant before. <laughs> but to get back to it, um, to lay a little bit of framework, a ovulatory cycle or menstrual cycle. Um, I know menstrual is a lot easier to find out when we start, which is why we use the term menstrual cycle. It can be 21 to 35 days. The average is 28 days, which is why the apps go off 28 days. So 
it can be normal to have a 25 day cycle. It can be normal to have a 30 day cycle. It all depends. They're all unique, just like we are all unique. It's understanding where you are in your cycle. Ovulation can happen anywhere between day 10 and day 17 of that cycle. It all depends on how long your actual cycle is. And the nice thing to know is from the time that you ovulate until the time that you start menstruating is about the same every single month. That is the one consistency within our ovulatory cycle. Those days don't change. If it's 10, it's 10. If it's 11, it's 11. If it's 14, it's 14. Normally on an average, it's about 14 days. So that's why they say ovulation takes place right around day, between day 13 and day 16 is that little tiny ovulation window. Mm -hmm. Yet if you have a shorter cycle, it could be earlier. And that's where you might hear the fertility window. The fertility window is when our estrogen starts to rise. The follicular stimulating hormone is really starting to rise. The luteinizing hormone is really starting to rise in order to push that mature egg out of the ovary into the fallopian tubes. So that way you do ovulate. The fertility window with that estrogen rising, you might notice more moisture in the downstairs area. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not quite sure exactly how you want to describe it. I like using medical terms. So your vagina starts feeling wet. Mm -hmm. um, you might notice it being a little bit sticky or tacky at first, kind of like pasty, and it turns more into a lotion, and then it turns more into a translucent stretchy. If you can start stretching that in between your fingers, it's um, that's really fertile cervical mucus. Uh, once you start seeing egg whites, uh, that is extremely fertile um, cervical mucus, and that is when your body has is just about ready to ovulate or is ovulating and then your cervical mucus starts to decrease so that's how you can tell you're really in ovulation um, your body there are ways that you can do um, ovulation predictor kits they only predict the luteinizing hormone and when that will peak so hmm. those opks they're not saying that you ovulated they're saying okay your luteinizing hormone has hit its peak for that month or its high point for that month and within 12 to 24, or sorry, 12 to 48 hours, you will ovulate. If you ovulate, <laughs> there is no guarantee that you're going to ovulate even with that peak. Uh, once you ovulate though, that egg is only viable for 24 hours. Wow. So it is hmm. that, that seven day five, that ovulatory or uh, fertile window. If you are trying to get pregnant or if you're trying not to get pregnant, Trying to get pregnant every other day, sexual intercourse in, in that five to seven day window from the time you start seeing that cervical mucus till it starts drying up. If you're not trying to get pregnant, no penis into the vagina, PIV intercourse. There's mm -hmm. other orifices you can use. There's other things that you can do to satisfy each other. Um, but that is the big thing when it comes to ovulation is understanding our body is telling us when ovulation is taking place. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a long-winded version of the answer <laughs> to your question. <laughs> it's good though, because our bodies are showing us what it's doing, but I think it's that educational knowledge that if you don't know, like what you just explained, we just see us, I mean, as, as females of, okay, I just feel different. You know, I have, I feel this, or I look like this and I don't understand it. So I'm, that's why we have you on today is we're doing this for educational purposes. And I know a lot of listeners are gonna be like, oh my gosh, this is what we do. Like we are women. And if you're, like she said, if you're trying to get pregnant, you need to know exactly that window and going into this next topic of if you 
are not trying to get pregnant. I know a lot of my friends, I did this in my 20s, that amazing plan B pill, that emergency contraceptive that you have that panic moment, you wake up the next morning, you rush to the pharmacy, now you can just get them over the counter, which is kind of scary. But it's also that, you know, embarrassing moment. I don't know why it's embarrassing. In my 20s, you know, going up and you have the little magnetic box and you're like, they're going to know what I'm buying because they have to open it for me. It's like, you know, really, we need to get past that. But let's talk about what Plan B and these emergency contraceptives are doing to the body. Because I see so many women that are using this as a form of birth control. And it's very destructive to your body to take continuously after, you know, back. Some of these women are taking it back to back to back. That's not good. That's we got to put a halt on this as soon as possible. I agree. Uh, It is a temporary form of birth control. It is the condom breaks. It is um, you there. There are just a small few issue ways and reasons to take plan B Um, just because you don't want to get pregnant. There are other ways that you can tell and talk to your body and your body talks to you to know that, okay, do I really need to take that or don't I? The plan mm-hmm. B pill is actually a heavy dose of birth control and it's mostly progesterone. It stops ovulation and it also makes the cervical mucus thicker and the uterine lining not as friendly to a possible fertilized egg. It can disrupt your hormonal, your, your cycle. It can completely disrupt your cycle. I know I get questions all the time. My period didn't show up. Am I pregnant? And I ask, have you taken any form of preventative medicine? They're like, well, yeah, I took plan B. I was like, that can delay your period. Because what is happening is it is putting progesterone into your system. Progesterone happens after we ovulate. So it is the corpus. When we ovulate, the egg leaves the ovary. And the hole that it leaves in that ovary becomes the corpus luteum. It is a temporary organ that we make every single month. Our bodies are just beautiful, wonderful. Man, our bodies are (laughs) wild. (laughs) And what happens is that egg communicates with that corpus luteum for 12 days. And it keeps the progesterone and it rises the progesterone um, until it no longer talks. And then when those aren't communicating anymore, what happens is that's when we start the progesterone starts dropping and we start our menstrual cycle. So that plan B is disrupting the whole cycle. Hmm. Almost all of the contraceptives are disrupting the whole cycle. Even when we are on regular hormonal birth control and you get that bleed every 28 days, that's actually a chemical bleed. It's not really your period. It's just an absence of medication in your body. It's just sugar pills. So it's an absence of the medication and your body says, okay, we're going to bleed but it really isn't a period. Anyway, back to plan B. Um, Yeah, we're diving into that one next. You guys just wait. (laughs) Um, But plan B, there there is a purpose for it and there is a reason for it. It doesn't have to be your only form of birth control. If you're that worried about getting pregnant, find a more permanent or semi-permanent form of birth control or better yet, understand your body. Your body's mm-hmm. telling you when to, to, it wants to reproduce and when it doesn't. And by understanding where you are in your cycle and what's going on in your cycle, you have control over your body and what you do. And 
it it will level out that PMS symptoms. It'll level out your moods. It would everything will just be a lot more even keel, and you'll you'll be more in control and not wondering what is going on. Why am I having these outer body experiences? Why am I jumping down the throat of my best friend because she told me <laughs> that those pants don't look good on me right now? <laughs> yep. So, yep. I'm getting super personal. I usually don't really talk about a lot of myself, but this is an episode that it needs to happen. Um, I had some medical conditions and I was on normal birth control and I worked in an OBGYN office for a long time and I saw the IUD. I saw it when the copper came out. I saw, you know, all of these different doctors that were pushing this. And it was really interesting because I heard all of the horror stories of, you know, it not being placed correctly, the pain of getting it removed. And so obviously in that moment, I'm like, I am not sticking anything up that direction. No, thank you. I'm not coming in, you know, multiple times to get my threads or the strings cut. Just hearing the word cut near down there. No, no, you're not coming anywhere near that. You have a nice day. So I started taking birth control pills. I It was, you know, years ago when I went to the doctor and talk to her one-on-one. And now, like we talked about in the beginning, our era and our generation is so different. I am able to go on an app. I'm not going to say their name, but I'm able to go on an app now and just put in my information and I get birth control sent to my door for $30 a month for a pack of four. So I get four months. I went through a medical condition where I'm not able to take certain medications because it can give me possibilities or, you know, a, a possible stroke. And I have a neurological condition. These apps don't ask anything about your medical history. So I have, I mean, if anybody needs the birth control, trust me, you can come to my address. I got a whole stockpile at this point because I wanted to see how much that I could get. But it was very interesting because the one that I'm currently taking, it freaks me out when I sit and think about it because I do not have a period. I go from pack to pack to pack to pack. But then that's where the anxiety and all this comes. You know, I'm sexually active with my partner. We have a healthy lifestyle between the two of us. And it's that moment of like, okay, I'm still ble- like, I'm not bleeding, but I'm cramping. I feel bloated all the time. You know, there's a day where he's like, what do you want for dinner? Can we go get ice cream for dinner? And he's like, are you feeling okay? Like, are you good? So what is your standpoint on these birth controls? Because for me, I love it. I mean, it's weird because in my head, I'm like, I'm not having a cycle. Where is all that going? What's happening to my body? But it's great because I'm like, I don't have to worry about when it's going to creep up, if I want to take a vacation. So I feel like we now are using birth control, not what it was for, but for our schedule and for our peace of mind. Yeah. And I've, I was told, hey, if you're getting married and you're scheduled to take those sugar pills, um, just skip the sugar pills and go back to the white pills. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've been on multiple forms of birth control. I've been on Depo. I've been on hormonal birth control pills. And I've had an IUD. And honestly, um, in, let's see, I started on birth control pills when I was 16 and I was on those on and off until probably 28. Mm -hmm. So I was on those for a while and then I was off for a little bit for financial reasons and and stuff like that. And then, um, I got pregnant. Um, and then, and I'm very happy to have my, my older son. He's, he's a blessing. And, but in, in there, I also went and had depo after I had my son. And then for the last six years, last year I had it removed. I had an IUD. 
But what's happening is those forms of birth control are actually stopping ovulation. And we need that ovulation. Um, it it's, helps with our bone health. It helps with our brain health. Uh, there are so many chemicals and hormones that are all interconnected. And that hormonal birth control is stopping that interconnectedness. And it's stopping us from understanding where we are within our cycle. And you were saying about the, the bloating and the PMS and everything else. You still have hormones in your body with the birth control. But what's happening is the pills are kind of controlling it and your body is trying to control what the pills aren't controlling. <laughs> so they're kind of fighting mm -hmm. each other in a way. Um, and understanding kind of where you are in your cycle and what you can do to support it will definitely help decrease even when you're on hormonal birth control. It'll decrease it, but it won't stop it because you're still having, it's causing, the hormonal birth control is causing an imbalance of your hormones. It, it's not balancing it. So if you had those heavy periods when you were younger or even wherever your age you're at and you went to your doctor and you said, Hey, I'm having these horrible periods. I'm cramping. I, I and they put you on hormonal birth control mm -hmm. or you had the acne and they put you on hormonal birth control. That is your body signaling. There's a hormonal imbalance going on in your body and to regulate it, they put you on pills to regulate it. And it actually <laughs> isn't hitting the root cause. Mm -hmm. So when you decide to come off that hormonal birth control, it's going to be a lot worse. The acne is going to come back um, within three months and it's going to come back after six months. Um, the bloating is really not going to stop until you understand really what's going on. The root cause, you need to get to the root cause of where all these started because pills aren't going to help. They'll, they'll temporarily help. They're a Band-Aid. Mm -hmm. I feel like it really got to know the body. I feel like it flipped my system because, I mean, I had compared to, I remember in high school, I mean, there were, there were girls that would miss days because they're like, I lay in bed, I'm cramping so bad, you know, I'm bleeding, I'm, you know, I'm passing clots, all this. I was, I'm, I mean, I, I'll say was, I was very lucky at that time because when I started, um, I barely cramped. I would maybe like spot for a couple days, maybe have my actual like cycle that week for a couple of days and then I would be done. I didn't have the acne. I usually would get like headaches and stuff, but I was I was considered one of the blessed ones. Then I got on birth control and that flipped my body so sideways. I now have I mean it's random. I think it was like a month ago. I panicked. I was like running into the bathroom in the middle of the night you know, freaking out with my partner. I'm like, we have to go to the hospital. And he's like, why? What happened? Did you break a leg? I'm like, no, I'm like passing clots. Well, I switched from one form of a birth control to the next. And now like my cycles are so long. I have massive cramps. I'm talking like where, I mean, most women might listen and be like, ha ha, you got it. You jinxed yourself. <laughs> like laying in bed or laying on the couch with a heating pad. And you know, like we all have our favorite pair of pants and jeans during that time. I didn't even want to wear anything but pajama pants. I was so uncomfortable and massive migraines. And I mean, I swear now I'm like, okay, my body is talking to me. I have wrecked you for a very long time. And there's a lot of videos that are going around on social media, especially on TikTok, that now women are saying, you know, birth control is bad for you. And there's this huge uprise of, I feel like it's 50-50. You know, some women are like, no, that's what it's there for, and it's great, and it's healthy. And then this other side is like, do you understand what you're doing to your body? And it takes so long to come off of that when, like you said, we've been on it for years, 
for us to come off of it, for our body to regulate, for us to kind of feel, I hate the word normal because I don't think women ever feel normal. (laughs) And it's so difficult because now, I mean, I have a really good friend of mine. She's like, you know, I'm off all birth control. I want to feel that I have control of my body. I want my body to do what it's supposed to do. But it's crazy because she's like, okay, now I'm crying all the time. Now I have emotions. Now I'm this. And it's like, because your body is starting to regulate and we don't realize what we're doing to our system every single month by just every morning taking that pill and just keep going and keep going. Yep. You don't realize what you're doing until you're off of it. Or I've even had this where some of my clients and, and some of my friends have gone on hormonal birth control pills and they're like, why do I feel bloated? Why do I feel brain fog? I didn't have this before. Why did I gain all this weight? And they talk to their doctor and like, oh, it's normal. It'll go away. Just keep going. (laughs) And no, it's, it's side effects from the hormonal birth control. Mm -hmm. Your body is saying, I don't need it. I don't want it. And it's, it's talking to you, but we ignore it and say, oh, well, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to live a life and I don't want to have my period. And it's, and I understand that because I was there. And now that I have it, I know when I'm getting my period. I know exactly when I'm getting my period. Even even though I've stopped, I'm not tracking as daily as I used to. But after two months of really, really tracking my system and understanding how my body talks to me, I know when I'm going to have my period. I know when I'm ovulating. I just, my body tells me, it, it says, I, I knew it. I was going to get Saturday. I'm yep. My, I got my period Saturday. I'm in follicular. I'm hitting the end of my <laughs> menstruation. I, I have no problem sit, talking about it and saying where I am in my cycle. And I, I knew that Saturday I was going to be tired. I knew Sunday I was going to be tired. Unfortunately, we planned a very, very busy weekend. Of course. So yesterday <laughs> I actually sat and I really did nothing. And it felt amazing. <laughs> and the days that I knew that I can take to sit and do nothing, they are so rejuvenating because I'm listening to my body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those that are listening right now, you may not be in this phase of life. And trust me, this episode, there is something for everyone, no matter your age bracket, no matter your concern, whether you're talking about fertility, whether you're talking about PMS, whether you're talking about anything. But now we're going into the next phase for those women that might be listening, the dreaded word of menopause. And it really doesn't have to be that bad. And now with our era, women are going into menopause a lot earlier than they should. So let's dive into this topic because we've got a lot of listeners that are going to want to hear this part. Let's go on this topic, menopause, the dreaded word. Yes, the, the dreaded word of menopause. I've seen clients start menopause as early as in their 30s. Um, and they can, wow. it can start, start mid-40s. Menopause, can t- perimenopause, that stage where our cycle starts skipping, kind of like when we were teenagers, when we first started getting our cycles. It's happening as we age. So coming into our late 30s, some as early as late 30s, most are um, 42 plus is when perimenopause, you may not even notice it, really kind of starts. The hormones don't peak as high. Ovulation may or may not occur. And you might notice the PMS is worse. You get the hot flashes. You get some of the other symptoms. And you really don't 
have to go through all of this. I know uh, right now I am in my, I'm 45. I'll be 46 later this year. I didn't realize I was going through men, uh, perimenopause earlier a few, few years ago until mm-hmm. I really started tracking my system. And now I know I'm in perimenopause and I'm starting to hit the menopause phases, which to understand perimenopause is that stages we're slowing down. Menopause is when you have had 12 months of no menstrual bleeding without the hormonals, <laughs> without the hormonal birth control. Um, so I'm like, is... can I put myself in there? Because I mean, I've, <laughs> I've kind of purposely placed myself in there for fear of, you know, not wanting to have children. I mean, when we take birth control, that's the whole reason for me of why, because I never had all the issues. So I'm like, hmm, am I putting myself in that 12-month phase? In, in, a, in a way, yes. With, with mm-hmm. some of the hormonal birth control, yes, you are actually putting yourself in menopause. And then when you go off of that medication, it says, okay, you've been on menopause for the last six years. Guess what? We're going to throw your period at you for the next <laughs> six months. Um, and it's, it's not going to be fun. But with menopause and perimenopause, those hot flashes, the sugar spikes, the all of those symptoms that you have can be decreased by understanding where you are in your cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, as I alluded to earlier with the different phases um, and understanding that once you stop the ovulatory menstrual cycle and the bleeding, there's actually the moon cycle. And um, I came across this about a year or so ago, and I found it absolutely fascinating because the moon cycle is 28 to 29 days. Coincidental? I don't think so. Hmm. Um, And what happens is it lines up with our menstrual cycles. So the menstruation part of our cycle because like i said everybody knows when they menstruate that's that's an outward sign that that is where we are in our cycle that is considered the new moon um which we are in right about now um this week it's we don't have any slivers it's dark it's cold it's dreary it's the lowest part of we still have hormones and they still kind of cycle they're just not as high the, the peaks and valleys aren't there like they normally would be during our regular menstrual cycle, but we have the new moon and it works the same way as when we are, have our regular ovulatory cycle, um, low energy. And then as we go out of the new moon, we go into the waxing and the waxing crescent and the waxing moon, which is our follicular. And that's where the energy starts rising. And as the energy starts rising, we get into the full moon and we all know we we've heard it and we've seen it. ERs are packed during full moon. People are absolutely crazy during the full moon. This is where we have a lot of energy. So if we don't have our ovulatory cycle, because we're no longer ovulating, this is still our big energy time and knowing that that is a big energy time. And then we go into the waning moon, which is where we start slowing down again. Um, It's the luteal phase. It's the second half of that menstrual cycle. And we just know that our energies are going to start getting lower, but we still have that cycle. It's just called something different. It's the lunar instead of the menstrual, but they all are very interconnected and they, you can nourish your body the same way in your ovulatory cycle as you would, as you're transitioning from your ovulatory to your moon. It's leaning into your body, listening to what it needs and understanding where it's at. So you can support it the best way it that you you know how to do. 
hmm, I'm going to tell my boyfriend tonight, you know, you pay bills once a month and I sink with the moon. So every time you think I have an attitude, I'm sinking with the world, okay? He's going to be like, what did you talk about today? I'll be like, you don't want to listen to this episode. Trust me. <laughs> you know what, though? I believe all partners need to listen to this because it, mm-hmm. it, it, it can support you in any way possible. I, I'm teaching my boys. I have two boys. I'm teaching them this cycle. Trust me, my 15-year-old's like, oh, mom, I tune you out every time you bring this up. I'm like, you are going to have a partner, and that partner could very well have a cycle by Mm -hmm. understanding. And you may be a leader because he is definitely a leader. And if you are a leader, you will understand where your your coworkers are and how Mm -hmm. to best utilize their skills where they are on their cycles. This is, this is, this is stuff that it's not talked about. You are a step ahead (laughs) of other managers and other leaders, wherever you go. Mm -hmm. We've talked about a lot. We've talked about menstrual cycles, talked about hormones, talked about birth control. We talked about menopause. And I want to dive in for the last part of this about fertility, because so many people don't understand that process that when you're on hormonal birth control, it can affect fertility. It can really cause a lot of issues and a lot of frustration. So for those listeners that may be deciding to come off of hormonal birth control, or maybe they're just having fertility issues, we're going to dive in for just a little bit and talk about that. Because like I said, something for everyone, because all women are in a different phase of their life of what they're needing and what they're wanting out of their bodies. So give us a little bit of information about fertility coming off of, you know, hormonal birth control, what we can expect. And then for those that may be thinking, do I need to go get all these expensive tests? Do I need to, you know, have an app tracker? Do I need to literally not enjoy sex with my partner? Because it's now become a chore of, I have a window, hurry up. I mean, even the movies are starting to display that of, okay, we have to have sex right now for this amount in in this position and this time. I mean, so let's dive into that and talk a little bit about fertility. Sure. Uh, Let's start with kind of if you're on hormonal birth control and you're looking at coming off. My suggestion and other experts in the field have said the same thing. If you're looking to get pregnant, start supporting and learning your cycle three to six months prior to coming off of birth control. Because what will happen is if you learn what foods you need to support your cycle and where you are in your cycle, it will help your body regulate itself a lot quicker than if you came off hormonal birth control and you just did what you normally do because it needs a lot of support. It's learning how to re start remaking those hormones. If it's Mm -hmm. actually stopped it, depending on how long you've been on hormonal birth control. So it's relearning how to make those hormones. It's regulating your cycle. It's reconnecting with the different parts of, of the body. Your liver processes estrogen And every month we have excess estrogen in our system. So it needs to process that excess estrogen. So even a liver detox um, may be beneficial depending on where you are and what symptoms that you have. Um, So it's just understanding that coming off of hormonal birth control, if you're one of the lucky ones and get pregnant right away, that it can happen. It's just uncommon. Mm-hmm. I know when we're told when we go on hormonal birth control, hey, if you don't take it, you can get pregnant. You can. It's just, it's, there's a chance. It's just mm-hmm. a small chance. Most of the time, you will have heavier periods. You will have massive PMS. 
um, any acne that you had before, it will come back. Your hormones are just readjusting. Your body is readjusting to not having those medications in your body. So supporting your body, understanding where you are. The app trackers will help you kind of get a little bit of a sense on where you're at. I am more of a, um, I like more paper tracking initially, only because you have to really dive into your system and into your body and listen to your body on what is going on. Then that way you're not looking at an app and going, okay, yeah, I had that symptom. Yeah, I had that symptom. Yeah, I had that. And just clicking the boxes. Yeah, I had these symptoms. You're actually really listening and saying, okay, yeah, my back hurt, but it wasn't a full like body joint. Mm -hmm. My hips hurt, but it wasn't this. And you can add to it. You can subtract to it. You can write the foods that you eat. Uh, I found that when I eat carbohydrates, high, highly processed carbohydrates, I get angry. Hmm. So I realized, you know what? I got to stay away from those high sugar, high glycemic kind of carbohydrates, especially as baked goods and cookies and stuff, because I get angry, especially in that little phase. I didn't realize that before until I started paper tracking, but paper track for just a few months. And that way, you know, kind of where you can see where your cervical mucus is and you go into that ovulatory window. You do not have to have sex every single day. And honestly, having sex every single day, it, I mean, if you want to be my guest, if, if your partner, if you and your partner are that sexually active with each other, go right ahead. I'm not saying not to just if you, with the fertility sperm need time to reju regenerate. Mm -hmm. Um, they mature, it takes 72 to 90 days for sperm to mature and there is sperm readily available, but the more sex you have with ejaculatory sex that you have, there's less fluids. There could be less sperm. So there's less sperm available for when you actually ovulate in your ovulatory window <laughs> for sperm to meet the egg. And as I said earlier, the egg is only viable for 24 hours and it takes sometimes up to 24 hours for those sperm to get through the, the outer core of that egg to fertilize it. So it is absolutely amazing that we have so many babies. Mm -hmm. it, it really is. <laughs> if you really look at how this process is and what a tiny window it is and what needs to happen. Um, but there are three main things with fertility uh, that I highly recommend. And if you look at the fertility books, they'll tell you the same thing. Nutrition. Nutrition is big. The inflammatory foods, the glutens, the sugars, the caffeine, the alcohol, um, try and minimize those because inflammation will cause, can decrease fertility. So really watch the foods that you're eating. Um, minimize the stress because with stress, it's, there's, uh, with when we eat fat. I know fat's a bad word. Nobody really likes to talk about fat because, well, it's just a bad word. We need fat. And actually that's what my, I'm talking about that later today. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but we need fat, um, in order for our bodies to work correctly because we need the cholesterol to make our hormones and the the frustrating yet beautiful thing about our body is when we have cholesterol, our cholesterol, it actually helps make a hormone called progegnolone and progegnolone actually goes towards making cortisol, the stress hormone, 
or it goes to making estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone, which, so if you're highly stressed or your body perceives a stress, and it took me a little bit to realize what my body perceives as a stress. So if your body perceives a stress, if you're trying to get pregnant and you're not, and, and you're having sex every day, and you're just, you're focused on that window and you're focused on having sex and you're focused on having this baby, your body is perceiving that as a stress. And you might hear it all the time, relax, stop, just enjoy yourself, go on vacation, have fun. You're like, I can't, I gotta stay, I can't. You mm -hmm. have to relax because your body's perceiving a stress. It's making cortisol. When it makes cortisol, it perceives that, it, it says it's an unsafe environment for babies. And it will stop your body from making the hormones it needs to make a baby. Hmm. So uh, understanding what stress does to our bodies, minimizing and, and doing stress management and minimizing that stress will definitely help. But you need that fat. But understanding where stress plays a part in that um, is, is a big thing. Watching the plastics, the PBAs, the PBSs, or is it PBS? It's not the public broadcasting system, but it's uh, <laughs> the, the plastics. Mm -hmm. um, try and go for more glass, uh, uh, stainless steel, that sort of thing, because the PBA actually does harm the eggs long before they're even, as they're maturing. It takes three to four months for an egg to actually mature enough to be ovulated. And you're developing those eggs and those chromosomes before that egg matures those plastics can harm the eggs. Mm -hmm. um, there's fragrances in our deodorants, there's fragrances in our soaps, there's fragrances in a whole bunch of things. Those can actually harm the chromosomes in our eggs. And if those chromosomes are in, the chromosomes, if they're damaged, it will decrease the availability of a full-term um, healthy pregnancy. It could actually cause um, a, a miscarriage. Wow. Uh, it, I read um, the one book I read, it, it said that 50% of pregnancies end in miscarriage long before you even know you're pregnant because of chromosomal abnormalities. And it's stuff, it's the food that we eat, it's the thing, it's the stress that we have in our system or in our environment, it's what the toxins that we're exposed to, all of that plays a big role. So um, watching the phthalates, watching the, uh, the plastics, nutrition, um, getting your body in its best shape possible. I'm not saying go out and lose weight because I don't want you to lose weight. I'm not looking at for you to lose weight to get pregnant. You're, the OBs, have, I've, I've come across many individuals who are trying to get pregnant and they go and see their OBGYNs and say, tell them I want to get pregnant and I'm having a hard time. They're like, we'll lose 10 pounds. By changing your lifestyle and having a healthier lifestyle, you will, your body will lose the weight. Your mm -hmm. body will then make the hormones it needs in order to have the, the, to get pregnant. Your body mm -hmm. knows what to do. It's just, you have to give it what it needs in order to get your end goal. Right. There's a lot of different, I would say factors, like you said, that doctors don't talk about. They don't talk about whether, whatever cycle of life you're going through, they don't discuss that with you. They don't talk about the food that you're eating, the nutrition. And I, I find it interesting, especially with our sponsor on today's episode, is talking about fragrances and talking about feminine 
products. It's something that I never was raised to understand really about what I was using. And I found this company, they're sponsored here. It's the D Best Feminine Products. And I'm I'm amazed at their the quality because it was interesting. My mom flew here to visit. My mom is 60, and I got the box of all of her products when it came in. And it's funny, I mean, she was like, What did you get today? A crotch wash? I was like, Yeah. And it became like, you know, funny laughter. But it was interesting because it it dove us into having a conversation that we never had before. I mean, I'm 37. My mom is 60. And she's like, I'm going through stuff that's way different and, you know, versus where you are in your life. So it's interesting to me because I will, I will uh, embarrassingly admit, I used all Bath and Body Works products because why? Oh, well, they smell good. They wreck your system. I don't care if you want to smell like the Fiji Islands. It is not meant to go there. And it's something where I like to relax. I use, you know, it as a body wash, but I use it as a bubble bath. Terrible. I take a bath every single night and I never realized how you have to take care of your body and all of the products you're actually using can be, like you said, very unsafe for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Our skin is actually our, it's a huge organ that absorbs all of those toxins into our body. And then our liver has to process it. So it's it's knowing what to put in our system, what to keep out of it. I know that we're not going to be able to eliminate all the toxins. Uh, it's just impossible. But just understanding and understanding what the toxins are and minimizing them as much as we can goes a mm-hmm. long way. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm really happy to have you on today. I'm going to put all your information in the bio. If you are one of those people that when we started, you said, yeah, I know my body. I'm asking you the same question. Do you really know your body now? Because I guarantee you you're sitting there going, "Mm, yeah, I probably should have answered no to that question. Yeah, I think I messed up. And it's okay because that's what this episode was about. I am going to put Heather's information in the bio. Make sure you listen to her podcast. She's airing so many episodes that, like she said, they're all taboo, which I don't understand why the topic should be. They're just our body. And I want to also share at the very end of this, you offer everybody a free decrease PMS guide. Guys, run. I don't know any person that's listening to this saying, oh, I got my PMS under control. So how do we get this? I think it's an amazing opportunity for so many people. Um, I will send you the link, but also uh, it is available on my website, www.vividus.com. And Vividus is V-I-V-Y-D-U-S.com. You can find it there and you can find out what I do. If you'd like to work with me, that's there as well. Um, If you want to understand more about what is going on with your body, I'd love to talk to you. Great. Well, thanks for coming on today, sharing all of the information. And like I said, run to her website, check out her podcast and get to know your body a little bit better. Because at the end of the day, if you're fighting against it, it's going to fight you back. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Little Bit of Life. Don't forget to rate, review and follow today's episode on your favorite listening platform and share these stories to more that need to be in the know. Get in on the action with the podcast Facebook and follow the little adventures on Instagram at little cute one AZ. I'll catch you on the next episode.